Welcome to Vermonters in Business. We highlight some of the very best business leaders in our state and the amazing things they're doing in their communities. People of Vermont, welcome to Vermonters in Business, where our mission is to highlight the businesses and business leaders in our state that are doing incredible things in both their work and their communities. I am your host, Drew Kinney, insurance agency owner, investment property owner, and uh, technology investor. Joining me as always is Travis Spencer, serial entrepreneur, local business enthusiast, and of course around here we know him as an amazing insurance agent. King of the hot take, Travis Spencer, how are we doing today? Doing great, love this. We got a full table, first yeah. time, four people. First time table. doing four people, yeah, we had yeah. to squeeze in. It's getting a little tight, no yeah. big deal though, right? It's great. <laughs> so we have an exciting show today. I am happy to have these uh, folks with us today and have four people, this is good. Um, joining us today, we have John Gurgley and Rachel Goldstein from Champlain Valley Office of Economic Opportunity. John is a business counselor who joined the team after a successful career doing finance and business development in the computer industry. In his free time, he enjoys skiing, hiking, biking, carpentry, firewood gathering, <laughs> and of course, dominating the daily wordle. <laughs> Rachel is a program director for the Financial Futures programs. She's been with uh, the organization since 2020 and is proud to work at such a mission-driven organization whose employees work tirelessly to advocate for and to improve the economic, social, and environmental living conditions for thousands of Vermonters every year. In her free time, she enjoys hiking, mountain biking, skiing, catching live music, and crafting. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, guys. How are you guys feeling today? Good, good. Glad to be here. Yeah, good. First podcast? Yeah, for me. Yeah, Yeah, good, good. Travis and I have been working away at him, so we're, we're getting there. Getting yeah, better. we're breaking down walls, man. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we're doing. <laughs> so you guys do exciting work, and we're super happy to have you here because it's important work. And I, I know Travis, you know, he tries to help out wherever he can and, and offer insurance advice and things like that. But this is a great opportunity, um, you know, to have you guys come on and talk a little bit about some of the work you guys do over at the, the Champlain Valley Office of Economic Opportunity. So before we dive into that, we have what we call the Vermont Hot Seat Questions, and that's going to give our viewers a little bit of a feeling of what you guys are like as Vermonters. So John, Rachel, are you ready for the Vermonter hot seat? I hope so. so. Here we go. All right. <laughs> so first question, and I guess maybe we'll start with Rachel and then John. Um, pancakes or waffles, what are you having with your Vermont maple syrup? I mean, I don't discriminate. I like both. Yeah. Um, but if I had to pick waffles, okay. stacked high. Yeah. yeah, waffles, hands down. Okay. Yeah. It's running away we with it. We should be take, keeping a tally, but yeah. waffles are running yeah. away with it. Yeah. <laughs> Only waffles. All right. And then a perfect day for you. Is it a winter day at the mountain or a summer day at the lake? John, you start. Oh, wow. That's really hard. Yeah, got to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I would say with ideal ski conditions, a winter day at the mountain. I love it. Yeah, I would add as long as someone else is driving. I yeah. don't like driving in the snow. <laughs> okay. Well, I love it. Two ski picks. Yeah. Uh, that's good. Yeah. Thanks Usually the enough. lake has been kind of dominating, yeah. but yeah. we preface that. But a lot of times we've been recording in like March, and so like everybody's over winter, and so yeah. they're like, I just want to get to the lake. <laughs> but I do love a good stick season for yeah. mountain biking and hiking. Okay. All right. All right. So it is your birthday dinner, and you can go anywhere in the state. Where are you going? Oh, well, I mean, I, hands down, I'm going to Michael's on the Hill. Okay. Love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very confident. Oh, yeah. 
I, I'm just as happy as going to the pub in Mad River Glen. All right. That's good. Everyone's get, that, that's your, it's your birthday. You get to pick. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. Hot summer day. What is your creamy order and where is it from? I'm getting anything from Offbeat Creamery. I like to keep it dairy-free, and they're over in Winooski, and they just do an amazing selection. They're all different flavors. Yes. I love them. I've been waiting for somebody to bring up the dairy-free option, so yeah. this is good. Yeah, it is good. I like it. I go for the um, the, the mixed chocolate and, yep, and vanilla. white vanilla at Goodies in West Addison. I love nice. it. I love the it. The traditional twist. Yeah. 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 Classic. All right. Well, that is our Vermont hot seat question. So from here, I'm going to transition it over to Travis, um, and we'll dive into you know some of the exciting work you guys are doing. Yeah. Thanks, Drew. Um, so it's kind of a question for both of you. Uh, who is CBOEO, and what do you do? Yeah, Rachel, I can I'll let you start I'll start us off with that. Yeah. Sure. So CBOEO is one of five community action agencies in the state of Vermont. Uh, the mission of community action is poverty alleviation and uh, helping to raise the quality of life for low to moderate. Um, uh, income Vermonters. So we have a variety of services um, from food stability to housing stability, uh, utility assistance, weatherization, Head Start works with us, Feeding Chitnan, and then of course Financial Futures is our program. Uh, we do financial literacy education and small business development. And awesome. Yeah. And on the business side, John, what are you guys doing? Well, I am uh, one of three business coaches and my main mission is to assist our clients in starting small businesses or, or address any kind of small business problem or question they they have but typically it's startup related and what are the challenges and we can kind of keep this theme going on the personal and business side what are the challenges that your folks are seeing who are coming to you what's like some of the bigger issues that they're dealing with yeah i mean in financial futures um we're working with a variety of uh, circumstances. You know, every person's situation is going to be unique into themselves, and often um, our clients are facing multiple challenges. And so, they're not just coming for assistance with financial literacy. It might be that and housing, mm-hmm. or that and food security. And so, we're really trying to assist them to move from kind of a feeling of insecurity to feel more secure. Um, but that looks different with every single person we work with. Um, So some of the challenges we face is really boiling down what's the heart, um, what is the first thing we can address to find stability and then be able to grow. And have you seen, before we get to the business part on that, have you seen more issues over the last couple of years since COVID with that? Or how has that adjusted or changed with your clientele? I actually would ask John to answer that since okay. he's been yeah. here before and oh, that's true. after yeah. the pandemic. So one, one thing I would say, just to, to point out, is that we we can only work with clients who meet a certain threshold of low income, yeah. which is 180% of the median income mm-hmm. in, in Vermont. Mm-hmm. So just by definition, our clients are coming to us under-resourced, right. um, and, and not just financially. Oftentimes they come with... Uh, emotional problems, mental illness problems, homelessness often. Mm-hmm. And it's surprising the array of uh, disadvantages that our clients have. So w- we have to take all of that into account when dealing with a person. Yeah. And whether it's gotten worse or not, I, I don't think so. I think we've been as, w- we were especially busy after the, the pandemic because through the state and the federal government, there was a large pool of money that was offered 
for grants, $5,000 grants. So we were flooded with applications, and mm -hmm. those grants ended up being life-changing for some people. Yeah, but, definitely. Yeah. So I, I, whether that was directly related to the pandemic, I, I don't know, but we were busy. And on the business side, what are you seeing with folks that come in? Like, what? how do you help them with through that startup uh, process? Well, and again, that's a whole range of problems because some people come to us with a very clear idea of what they'd like to accomplish. Some just think, oh, I, I want to start a business, let's go. And so it varies from helping people just flesh out the idea uh, to helping them understand what the resources are they need. I, we enter into the relationship usually with the understanding that we're going to write a business plan. Mm -hmm. And I probably can count on two hands the number of business plans that have actually been written because uh, some people don't show, don't come back for appointments. Right. They realize this is something that's harder than they expected. Um, some people pick up enough where they just carry on and then they come back for periodic help and questions and that kind of thing. So it runs the whole gamut. I mean, some people come back to, now that I've started my business, how do I keep track of things? Yep. Could be something as basic as that. Or, so we do a little spreadsheet coaching maybe or sure is there a demographic breakdown from like an age standpoint do you see people who maybe were employees for a while and now they're thinking i want to do something on my own or maybe younger individuals who want to be their own boss from day one like is there really a breakdown? i, I think statistically most they're mostly women okay think, um, and most as i recall last time i checked most of them are college educated yeah and there the, the demographic varies because a lot of the, the clients tend to be younger, but some, of the, some older women have experienced a divorce or a death or um, some change in, a, in, in their life that now causes them or, or that influences them to go out on their own. And do you see that more on the personal side as well, where maybe it's one spouse who did more than the other from a financial standpoint, and now the other individual is trying to figure it all out on their own? Yeah, we definitely work with a lot of single parents. Um, mm -hmm. And, the, yeah, they come saying, you know, I, I always counted on my spouse, and now I'm on my own, and I need to figure out my budget. I got to get my credit in order. Um, so we do a lot of one-on-one -on -one counseling, and we also provide monthly classes for people to come to. Um, we actually really try not to limit who our classes reach. So John mentioned our income eligibility for one-on-one -on -one counseling, mm -hmm. but we do keep our classes open to the public because we really want information to get out there. And um, for those who then want to continue with one-on-one -on -one coaching, we can kind of um, narrow it down to those who are income eligible or make referrals to other programs. Um, that was a little off topic, no, but no, that's yeah, good. we're really trying to reach our community and uh, not limit the services we can provide. Um, and one, one, uh, yeah. one demographic that's growing is the, uh, from the community of New Americans. Yep. Mm -hmm. We've got a lot of, a lot of uh, New Americans who come in looking mm -hmm. for help. And so, oh, well, along those lines, well, no, go, go ahead. Well, yeah, I, I just wanted to elaborate on that a little bit because um, we started a financial empowerment for New American program prior to the pandemic, um, but during the pandemic, we received a lot of funding to grow that program. Um, the first wave of funding came to really open a hotline that would be uh, staffed by nine different community members representing seven languages. And the real um, 
the mission of that hotline was to be able to answer questions in mm-hmm. real time because we realized there was such a lack of uh, transparency and communication getting out uh, during those early days of the uh, COVID pandemic yep. and a need just for basic questions to be answered. Um, what do I need to be doing to stay safe? So even though we were providing a financial service, we realized we had this community that trusted us right. and we're calling our ambassadors saying, I know you do financial literacy, but what do you think about masking? What should I be doing for vaccines? So mm. we weren't giving health advice. Do you want to be clear about that? Yeah. Um, but we provided But it must be comforting service. to people found you as a resource yeah. for more. Yeah. And it's allowed um, the program to grow. So from that, we realized there was a real community need for not just focusing on financial literacy with new American clients, but being able to expand it um, to support the work that we do at CBOEO as a whole. So all of our programs from housing to food security to... Head Start yeah. Education. Uh, so it's been a really exciting program that is growing, and uh, stay tuned for more on that. In July, we're going to have some big announcements nice. coming oh, out. Very so cool. Well, and with you'll new have to invite us back. Yeah, well, definitely <laughs> round two. Yeah. And with new Americans and the diversity of the new Americans, a lot of them have different belief systems with money, mm. with debt, definitely. with things like that. Yeah. So has that been a challenge to, you know? It, it's really been interesting um, to observe. I had some clients who, a couple of uh, people from the Nepali community, for example, that wanted to, they were very, very aggressive about wanting to start a restaurant and, and or buy one, I think, at the time. But there is this incredible sense of community with, with some of the ethnic groups. And so with the Nepalese, for example, they will help each other collect, save money so that one of them will... Mm-hmm. meet their objective, whether it's to buy a house or buy a business, and then they'll pitch in to help the next person. And unlike our American culture of go it alone and do it yourself, yeah. there's much more of a tendency with other cultures to help one another within the community. And I just learned recently, I believe it's Opportunities Credit Union with their Sharia loan, mm-hmm. where most people of the Muslim faith don't they don't believe in debt. That's so right. Taking all that. That's so right. they've adjusted this loan. Yeah. Um, and from what I've gathered, I don't know, you might have better insight, but it has more of an upfront fee as opposed to the interest in, in a more of a traditional loan. Yeah, yeah I'm not familiar with those details. Interesting. But yeah. 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 And there's also a new one um, that was recently launched from the city of Burlington, the Burlington Revolving Loan Fund, mm-hmm. and that's. Um, um, similar, uh, zero, um, zero interest, zero right? interest. So yeah. it's Sharia law compliant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so these are things that we've been learning together, just how to um, better support our our community and uh, meet their needs. Right. Yep. Um, I was thinking about, well, no, I guess we touched on that a little bit. I was thinking about some of those clients though, who have been so appreciative of these um, loans that are compliant because that has been a barrier in the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that's when our community ambassadors can step in and help navigate and facilitate those conversations so that people can understand what's being offered. Right. And similarly, actually, a lot of times we have to have, not a lot, but on occasion, we need to have translators come in. And and sometimes you'll have a meeting with the client, the client's parents, and the translator, Mm -hmm. and try to watch all the body language and signals and communicate and make sure that what I'm saying goes to the translator of the person yep. correctly and then suddenly the mother will say something to the client like what happened <laughs> from a startup standpoint with the businesses you work with is there similar challenges I know we talked about you know the type of people that are coming to you and their personal challenges 
but just from trying to get those businesses started? Is it financing? Is it insurance? Is it employees? Like, what do you see? Well, again, because they're, by definition, they're under-resourced, they're not like uh, a person who can come in, go to one of a mentoring program through SBA, for example, and say, hey, I've got a house that I can put up for collateral. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and many of our clients either have very bad credit or don't even know what their credit scores are, and so that's something we often we work through and talk about and assess. Uh, and they may not even have a car, or they have a car that barely runs. And, and so it's always this pressure of being under-resourced. But there are uh, institutions such as Opportunities Credit Union, um, what's the one in, in Barry? Um, community Capital? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That are the community loan fund. You're right, that are not traditional lenders and they will they will bend over backwards to mm-hmm. to help clients in any way they can typically and maybe issue a smaller loan, mm-hmm. interest rates higher, but they work they they just don't shut the door on people and say go away. You're, right. Just try to get them started. Yeah. Right. I'm thinking, again, about our new American community members, but um, something that I've witnessed is um, particularly women who would like to start child care centers, and mm-hmm. we all know that child care is uh, something that's high in demand here. Yep. But yep. It's, big need. There are big barriers to getting them uh, off the ground and running, and some is financial, but also the credentials that go into that. You might be certified in another state or another country, right. and you come here and you need to meet um, certain requirements to get certified, rightfully so. Um, but when language is a barrier, how do you move through that process? You yeah. know, the will's there, the interest is there, but the credentials can become uh, a barrier too. Mm. So I know that's something that our coaches have dealt with. Yeah, because we don't want to discourage that drive and right. motivation. And so it's kind of fostering mm-hmm. yeah. how do we, what are the next right. steps and yeah. keep people motivated yeah. down that path. Yeah. Yeah. What are the challenges that you're seeing from an organizational standpoint? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's a hard one to answer. Um, I could cop out and say that financially there's always challenges. We're, we're grant-funded right. organizations, yeah. so year to year we are uh, driven by um, many of the the grants that we've already written, and we're hopeful for more grants. Um, so that, I haven't seen much of a struggle there, but it's always in the back of our minds mm-hmm. as program directors. Where's the funding coming from, and how do we continue to do the work we're doing? And some year, a couple years back, I can't remember just prior to the pandemic, there were actually some talk that came out of the state house that programs like financial futures and micro business development were going to be we're going to cease around the state, and so there was this everyone, you know, gasping and then scrambling and working with legislators to. To re-justify the programs, that hasn't happened the last couple of years. And this year, we celebrated was it 35 years of micro business yeah, statewide. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So that's a huge milestone yeah. to have reached. Yeah. Do you get any financial support from the local business community at all, or any of the financial no. institutions? Or well, we do from local financial institutions. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to rattle them all off. No, no, that's fine. Yeah, you, yeah. you don't have to. No, yeah. that, that, but, but I just we're didn't very know. If, them. I mean, I figured it's kind of a symbiotic relationship yeah. where you're helping people and maybe guiding them that maybe they would give back as yeah. well. Yeah, so. they do. Yeah. Anything you have? To- yeah. When should somebody engage with you if they're you know looking for that type of guidance that you guys can offer? Whenever they want. Yeah. So <laughs> the short answer, yeah. I mean, we. Well, the, the process is that uh, people get in touch with us whether 
send uh, one of us an email, they make a phone call to CVOEO, and then we will get in touch with them typically by, well, phone or email, and we ask them to complete an intake form, which uh, is done online now, and it just collects some very basic information. We don't ask for social security numbers anymore. Um, and that information is kept confidential and used only really for statistical analysis of sure. demographics and that kind of thing. And um, once we receive that intake, we set up an introductory meeting and go from there. Get the ball rolling, nice. And, and they can come to us at any point in their business journey. Yeah. Uh, if they're just popcorning some ideas and they want a counselor to go through some options with them here if they have a viable idea, um, or if they're looking to expand a business they've been running for 10 years. And yeah. you know, it, it's really, um, we meet you where you are. Do you find it a challenge of people knowing that you're around? I mean, going back to the challenge question, do you... With no shortage of clients. Okay, well, that's a good thing. So yeah, that was one yeah. of my questions. Like, yeah. people aren't having a hard time finding yeah. you. Yeah, no, they seem, they seem to find us, and we even get some uh, word-of-mouth referrals on occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, I'm very happy. I mean, I'm, several of my clients have recently been featured on WCAX's Made in Vermont. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, I had two clients in the last month that were featured on Vermont Public Radio. Mm-hmm. Um, so the word gets around. Yeah. Nice. It's good to see those success stories. Yeah, yeah. 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 It keeps you motivated. Sure. Yes, definitely. indeed. Yeah. But I, yeah. I also think, like, we, we have capacity for more. So yeah. we, we're definitely receiving inquiries all the time, and it's wonderful getting referrals from partner organizations. Um, but we, we want people to know that we are operating primarily over Zoom and by phone and email, so you know the barrier of transportation has really been eliminated. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, people up in the islands, you know, you don't have to drive to Burlington to see us. We can yeah, meet you virtually, right. yep. and I think that's you know we can look at a lot of the negatives of the pandemic, but that really has been um, one of the positives to come is our accessibility has really expanded. And for those who don't have access to a smartphone or a computer, uh, we are partnering with many of the libraries to mm-hmm. provide space, and that. We're going to be doing more and more of that nice. in the future. One, th- one thing I would add is, and it's probably not atypical of the business community in general, but I would say that roughly 80% of the people that we engage with fade away. Either they don't come back for a second or third visit, or who knows what happens. But some people, if I, I oftentimes will just send a check-in email to people because I'm curious, why didn't I hear back from you? And some people respond, some don't. But so it's, there's always a new influx of clients coming, and some, some have been with us for many years. Mm-hmm. Nice. But for the most, most don't, most don't stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is any of that data used, you talked about grant writing, I mean, do they look at the success stories when oh, yeah. that stuff's going on? We love to hear success stories. Yeah, yeah. And John's so good about reaching up to his clients and asking them to share and brag a little bit. It's great. And we love hearing those successes, yeah. so yeah. more the merrier. <laughs> Anything you think we missed? Anything you want to add, touch on? No, I, I, I would just make one other point to that. Is I, I try to go out of my way to help my clients help each other. Somebody's mm-hmm. got a service that they can offer that another client needs. And in fact, I just finished an email before we came here trying to, one client needed some help with a, improving his website, and the other client just self taught himself on how to be a website guru. And he's trying to start the business. I said, well, why don't you give this guy a hand and get some practice? And mm-hmm. Don't charge him yet, but 
see right. if you can add some value to him. And, and that's great. Yeah, that's so, a great, great yeah. approach. And yeah. as an agency, when we have um, big gatherings, um, we just had our, our day away where we, we did our staff retreat. We do try to look to our micro-business community, those who work with us, um, mm. to lift them up, to use them as our caterers, use yep. them as our printers. Um, whatever services we can go to, I, I don't want to say internally, but within the micro-business program, just another way to elevate the work that our businesses are doing. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Anything else? I think we've touched on pretty much yeah, everything. Yeah, I think right. we hit it. Right. Rachel and John, we appreciate you guys coming on. And, uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, if, if uh, we'll, we'll put up a little link and everything with all of your right. guys' info, but how can people reach you? Oh, we didn't bring any cards, but hey, go to no. cvoeo.org. <laughs> all right. That works. Cvoeo.org. This has been another episode of Vermonters in Business. If you know of a Vermonter that we should highlight or have on our show, please send them our way. We'd love to host them, love to have them, and uh, get their word out there. All right. Thanks, guys.